The Vision app is the best place to find a growing range of on-demand audio for the whole family. Your kids or grandkids can listen to the popular radio drama Adventures in Odyssey and two-minute Bible stories called Quick Sticks whenever it suits you. Whether you're in the car for a few minutes or for a longer trip, these two programs will keep the kids entertained. New episodes are added every weekday in the free Vision Christian Media app. If you don't already have the app on your smartphone or tablet, download it now from vision.org.au slash app. Vision.org.au slash app. Vision. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Dr. Andrew Browning has become recognised as a world expert in obstetric fistula surgery operating on women with a debilitating condition resulting from obstructed childbirth. Well, he's told his story in a book. It's called A Doctor in Africa. And Dr. Andrew Browning, an Australian-trained obstetrician, gynaecologist and senior fistula surgeon, back with us today. Andrew, welcome back to 2020. Yeah, thanks very much, Neil. Andrew, you're due to go back to Africa in February and uh, there's some challenging times. COVID is an issue. How are things looking so far as COVID goes in Africa? Yeah, God willing, I hope to be back um, in February 19, back to South Sudan, Ethiopia and Tanzania. And COVID has been an issue in some countries in in Africa. Surprisingly, not all. Um, When I was there just in November, there was a quiet period between waves. They had a very bad delta wave uh, in August and September, and I had several colleagues die from COVID in Tanzania. And, I mean, they can't lock down in these countries to lock down. It causes so much more misery and suffering and death if these countries lock down to control COVID. So there's nothing, no preventative measures there. Um, And that was deadly, but they're going through a very severe Omicron wave now. And I've heard of many, many people, almost every second person I know has had this in uh, Uganda and Tanzania, but interestingly, no deaths, which is very different to the, the previous Delta wave. So that's God's mercy that these people aren't dying there. But interestingly, it hasn't really affected countries like South Sudan and Ethiopia. Uh, They have had cases there, but very minimal. And uh, also very, very few deaths. So we give thanks to God for that. But the the real issue is, I mean, Africa is still far, far behind the world in in vaccinating. It it has less than 50% of the vaccines needed uh, been sent to the, the continent to vaccinate only 70% of the population. Uh, so they're lagging behind. And as if you have a big population with the disease, it means more virus, which means more chance of a mutation and a variant occurring. And so we've had two variants come out of Africa, the Omicron and the, the beta variant, and uh, there will be more unless um, we get the world gets on to vaccinating Africa and um, decreases the viral pool there. But we're still a long way from that. So here in Australia, while we're talking about all sorts of extra doses of vaccination, in Africa there are so many millions who've not even had any opportunity to have whatever preventative strategy might be employed there. Yeah, that's right. So if you look at Ethiopia, only 3.5% of the the of EPA has been vaccinated, so it's double vaccinated. Uh, So yeah, long, long, long way to go. Andrew, you regularly travel to Ethiopia. And uh, as you say, uh, COVID hasn't been a huge issue for Ethiopians, but they've got their own challenges with 
civil war and uh, rebels uh, pushing into some of the territories, even around the hospital that you are normally associated with. What's the latest that's happening in Ethiopia? Yes, um, Ethiopia has dropped out of the news a little bit, but the fighting is still there. There's a a rebel group from the northern area of Ethiopia called the Tigray region, and they're trying to seize back power from the country. And it has been in the news that the government has laid siege to that tribal area and no food and so forth is getting through, so there's much hunger and suffering there. Um, But there is food getting through, um, but probably not enough. But there also is the the story that the rebels rebels are invading the neighbouring tribal areas and causing a great deal of um, suffering and trouble. Uh, so I was there in November and I was trying to get to our hospital in the Afar Desert and the rebels have been invading close to our hospital. And the day I was due to get to our hospital by road because the airports were closed and commandeered by the the, the, the government air force, um, the, the fighting came within 20 kilometres of our hospital. There was bombing, there was shelling, the road was closed. And so just at the last minute, I had to cancel the uh, my trip there. And it was dreadful because there was fistula patients waiting for treatment. One lady had travelled 800 kilometres across the desert, past conflict area, past areas of famine with locusts in the hope of treatment and I just said it was impossible, impossible to get there. There was no way in the world I could get there. So I'm going back in, um, going back in um, March, God willing, back to, to Ethiopia and hopefully we'll be able to treat them then. But the fighting is still occurring and uh, they're causing a great deal of trouble. There's 400,000 displaced people just in that area of Ethiopia around our hospital displaced by the conflict. And the rebels have bombed uh, hospitals, uh, schools. There's no infrastructure left. Our hospital, funded by the Barbara May Foundation, is one of the few remaining and the closest one to the fighting. So we've been having casualties in there and our one surgeon, we've only got one doctor and there's been completely inundated, not only with the pregnant ladies, but uh, our casualties from the war as well. So we're giving as much prayer and support as we can and God willing, I can be back in there and, um, and see firsthand of what's happening. So you're expecting to be back in Ethiopia in March and uh, there's a waiting list. Something like two million women living with untreated obstetric fistula in Africa. So uh, uh, there's plenty of work cut out for you Mm -hmm. if you can be there and if you can be in a functioning hospital. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I am going to South Sudan and Tanzania this trip as well. So the last trip we treated 199 fistula patients. So that was it was quite exhausting. Uh, that was over six weeks across four countries, and um, uh, three countries rather, because I couldn't get to them in Ethiopia. Uh, but hopefully this time we'll we'll get to probably around 100 ladies. Um, so a small dent in the two million, but slowly, slowly we'll get there. But we're training doctors all the time, of course, and we've actually got 68 trainees across 28 countries now across Africa, and also some countries in Southeast Asia. So collectively, they're treating about 20,000 fistula patients a year. So together, we're making a a bigger dent in that 2 million. But the the idea is to prevent them from happening in the first place. And the conflict and the COVID situation is probably causing more fistulas as, as travels become more difficult, especially in the conflict. I mean, we had one story come to us just last week from the Afar area of Ethiopia where the conflict is. I mean, this lady uh, was... She was in labour for two days in her village, cut off by conflict. She had to get a motorbike to get to um, the nearest road, which was five hours away on the motorbike. And she uh, cost the poor family um, 3,000 burr, which was selling two of their goats. And then when they got to radio contacts, 
to our ambulance. The ambulance had been driving 24 hours uh, collecting emergencies from around. So she dodged the conflict, got to, to an area where the ambulance could be called. But the ambulance um, had run out of fuel. There was no fuel in the area, so they had to get on another motorbike with a bit of fuel to go to a, a town 50 kilometres away in a jerry can of fuel to make the ambulance journey and return. And then the car got a flat tyre. Um, so it was when she represented to hospital, she was very close to death and the, the baby was almost dead. But fortunately, she survived. Uh, the staff of the hospital saved her life. And then she got back on the back of a motorbike to her village. But by that time, the fighting, the displaced people, taking all her animals, the family's animals, she went back to just nothing. So it's an extraordinarily difficult time that these people are going through. And thanks to the good people who donated to the Barbara May Foundation, we were able to provide these people with food to prevent them from starving, at least to get them through this, this time and also provide them with that health care. And we do it all, of course, in the name of Christ and the compassion has for these people. It's amazing work that you do and the sort of surgery that you're a specialist in and you, as you're saying you're training dozens and dozens of other surgeons to do this obstetric fistula surgery because so important is it that if women don't get this particular specialist surgery they live as social outcasts. It's dreadful for women who need this operation. Yeah, absolutely awful. I mean, this this is a separate thing. The, the fistula is due to obstructed labour, means the baby's not coming out during the, the labour. It's getting stuck, which happens to about 5% of women anywhere in the world, here in Australia or there in, in Tanzania or Ethiopia or South Sudan, wherever I might go and work. And here we're lucky we can get to a hospital and have a caesarean. But those ladies, very few, 50% or, or even more of women will deliver at home in most countries without any access to safe obstetric care. So if they're in obstructed labour in the village, no hospital, they'll stay in labour for three, five, seven, sometimes even 10 days. If they survive, they deliver a stillborn child. But when they do deliver that stillborn child, they find they're leaking uncontrollably from the bladder and the bowel through what's called a fistula. So the baby's head's been pressed against the mother's pelvis, crushing all the tissue between the tissue of the bladder and the birth canal, rectum and birth canal. So all that tissue dies and comes away and with a huge fistula, sometimes 10 centimetres in diameter between the bladder, outside world, and rectum and outside world. So just leaking continually. Divorced, depressed, ostracised. Many of these women try and commit suicide. Uh, so it's very important that we find them and treat them and care for them. Um, but more importantly, we try and prevent them by building maternity hospitals and um, uh, enabling them to deliver for free with safe uh, medical care. And when this happens in Australia, it's treatable fairly readily in our hospitals. But in Africa, there's been this huge need. And over these past two decades, you've been establishing maternity hospitals, uh, the charity, the Barbara May Foundation, and you do rely on donations that are coming not only from Aussies but people around the world but uh, what would you like to see this coming year Andrew so far as Australian support for the Barbara May Foundation and the hospitals you're establishing in Africa? Yeah, if I can just go back a, a second there, Neil. Now, it doesn't happen in Australia. It's been eradicated in, in Western countries by all women having a caesarean. You do sometimes see a tiny fistula, maybe just a, a couple of millimetres in diameter that's been caused during a caesarean accidentally or a tear through the, to the bowel during delivery which hasn't been repaired correctly or been missed or something, but very, very rare. In my four years back in Australia, I've seen three fistulas where I, 
I'd see at least three a day back in Africa, but you don't see the long 10-day labour, dead baby, tissue loss fistulas. Fortunately, it's been eradicated in Australia. But um, yes, we tried to treat them and prevent them, and God's been very kind of blessing us with uh, provisions to to build three new maternity hospitals. Um, uh, So we've got three on the drawing board, one with a partnership in Uganda, another one to, in Tanzania and another one in Ethiopia. So that's all on the go at the moment. Um, very kind donors have, have funded that, but it's also going to cost money to, to run them. At the moment, we're delivering about 15,000 women uh, for free every year. We hope to get that to increase to over 20,000 now with these three new units, which we're very, very grateful to God for. But it doesn't cost much. 200 Australian dollars will provide an entire delivery package. Um, the four clinic visits while they're pregnant for all the ultrasounds, blood tests, the delivery in a hospital, including a caesarean, after the baby after delivery getting checked and also getting the baby immunized, all for two hundred Australian dollars. So very little. Or even to train a health worker fifty dollars or buy a delivery kit dollar fifty. So it doesn't cost very much at all and you can make a huge, huge impact on the lives of women around the world. I'll give the website where listeners can connect with the Barbara May Foundation in just a moment. But uh, Dr. Andrew Browning, an Australian-trained obstetrician, gynaecologist and senior fistula surgeon, I mentioned your book. It's called A Doctor in Africa. You're inspired by your Christian faith to go and do good things in the the continent of Africa. Uh, not everyone has the privilege, too, of having a preface for their book written by Her Royal Highness the Princess Royal Princess Anne and a foreword by Her Excellency Mrs Linda Hurley, the wife of the Governor-General. Uh, for listeners who want to get a hold of a great book, it's called A Doctor in Africa by Dr Andrew Browning. And to make a donation for the Barbara May Foundation, BarbaraMayFoundation.com Barbara May Browning was uh, was Andrew's grandmother, the matriarch of the family. BarbaraMayFoundation.com uh, Andrew, thanks so much for the update. I look forward to talking to you a little later this year. And thanks for joining us. Thank you, Neil. It was a pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.